0: Platform. Step up and speak out.
1: I say, what's up? How are you doing? ZFM stereo, my station, your station, the hardest radio in town. The name is Lari Kweedera here on the platform. Uh, been away for a couple of weeks. I've been in Bulaway. Thank you very much for Bulaway, taking care of me. I'm back here. And uh, and uh, uh, just telling you sort of the frequencies you can listen to on us on 106.4 here in Harare. Out of Bulaway, it's 106.7. In Chivu, one, uh, 99.8. Kama uh, TV, one, uh, 105.1. If you want to listen to us over the internet, it's www. .zfmstereo.co.zw and if you want to uh, get in touch with us on Twitter it's at zfm stereo on Facebook facebook.com forward slash zfm stereo. Our WhatsApp number which is already open right now. You can get in touch with me in the studio 0731 168045 Always we come up uh, every Monday talking about hard issues and the hard issue today we're going to talk about the Zimbabwe Agricultural Sector Review and other related programs The economy of Zimbabwe is highly dependent on the agricultural sector, the uh, approximately seventy percent of the population is dependent on the agriculture, and, and also. Uh and also, and this sector contributes to, uh, to almost 40 uh, percent of all export revenue. Now, in recent years, the government has joined hands with the private sector and non-governmental agencies to uh, develop different agricultural uh, schemes. Uh, the uh, agricultural schemes are mostly aimed at the uh, efficient use of resources. The scheme is known as, is popularly known as Fungvudza and it was largely promoted in 2020 and 2021. The result of the, of the, of the is visible now. Zimbabwe's horticultural uh, exports in 2021 ended up at uh, 64.6 million, uh, reflecting a 6.8 percent increase compared to uh, the nine point 59.5 million recorded in 2020. In the studio today, I've got prof- Professor Obert Chiri, the uh, chief director agricultural advisory and Res- uh, rural development services in the ministry of lands uh, thank you very much for joining me the first question i ask you can you give us the current status of the agricultural sector uh so uh, uh, we can uh, we can start on the crop side of things and
0: uh, briefly the livestock a- uh, aspect uh thank you larry um and uh good evening viewers uh the that's a broad question that you have asked, but uh, uh, okay. So uh, let's just start specifically to do with
1: the status of the crop on the crop side of things. Then we'll, we'll go on to other things.
0: Yes. So on the cropping side, I think uh, our 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 cropping uh, sector is dominated by grains, uh, basically because that's our staple. And uh, as you would know, in the c- past season, which was just ended, we managed to get an estimate of about 1.5 million metric tons of maize uh, grain. And if we compound that with uh, 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 traditional grains, we go to 1.7 million metric tons of grains that is uh, uh, available to feed the nation. Uh, we also have uh, uh, tobacco which are raked in almost a billion dollars. We also have uh, soya bean, which is our cash crop. Uh, The cotton sector has been down, but uh, we we, we hope it will come up uh, in this coming season. We also have uh, the horticultural sector, which is uh, uh, coming up as well, just like you have said. Uh, but uh, in addition to what was rigged in last uh, season, the this season we have seen a coming up of blueberries and uh, hemp and so forth. So we also have the horticultural sector coming up, coming up a bit. Uh, I think in terms of cropping, those are the major things outside the other uh, sectors, such as sugarcane, uh, which we are also close following and uh, forestry as well so then having had the overview over the cropping side of things what about the livestock uh, aspect of uh, the livestock sector is dominated uh, as you would know by uh, the beef sector uh, currently we have 5.5 million uh, beasts that are out there which uh, combine both what is available commercially and what is available in the raw areas. So, so, so just to be clear, that's uh, specifically cattle? That's specifically okay. cattle. Uh, we also have the dairy sector, which is also a major, major contributor. Uh, in terms of uh, the headcount for the dairy sector, with about 47,000 uh Dairy milking cows, uh, and uh, those have contributed in the past season about 79.6 million liters of uh, of, of milk. Uh, the country requires definitely about 120 million liters per year, so we still have quite room for growth there in the dairy sector. Uh, we also have the poultry sector, dominated by the broiler uh, sector, which is. Uh, uh, you know, for the fast foods and so forth, which, which is uh, also dominated by major players which are in the country. But we also have quite a bit of runner or rural indigenous chickens coming up, uh, uh, so that's the poultry sector. We also have the piggery and the small ruminant sector dominated by uh, goats and sheep on the, on the smaller side. There are the other non-significant uh, the, uh, animals include our horses and donkeys, which are significant in, se- in certain parts, in sectors of the country.
1: So, uh, just looking at, I know, I know you you made reference to poultry. Uh, how do you count the ones? that For example, the you, you made you talked about the road runners uh, t- t- type of situation. What about the ones, for example, people who are, uh, you know rearing or whatever the case may be um, chickens in their backyards. Does that somehow get estimated or is there's just not counted in that?
0: Oh yes definitely we, 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 we count those because we know where the eggs come from and where the day old chicks come from. So we count from where the, the sales from the day old chick uh, manufacturers
1: Oh seven three one one six eight zero four five. get in touch with me in the studio. Let's have a discussion on this. we will talk about this, uh, the agricultural sector review and what the status of things are and, of course, what the plans are going forward. Now, uh, having looked at that, um, we, we talked about the, the cropping aspect. The, the maize yields in the country in mm-hmm. the... Last year were 2.7 million tons from reporting we received, which is uh, triple the harvest from 2020. Now, what is the status for 2022 and what
0: is the plan plan to continue with that trajectory? Uh, So for 2021-2022 season, uh, the maize yields were were, were definitely down and our total yield, our total grain um, uh, production was 1.5 million tons, that's for maize. And that was definitely a drop uh, of about 43% from uh, what, we, what, we, what we got in the previous season of 2.7 million tons. Uh, obviously, owing to, to, to drought and the climate change situation that, that, that is uh, obtaining in the country, but also across Southern Africa and indeed in the world. So what it has shown us, uh, the the performance of the last season is that uh, climate change is real and there's need for uh, for us to, to climate proof not only the cropping sector or the maize sector but also other other sectors as well specifically for maize the way to go definitely is to continue climate proofing and that's where from comes in which is a fantastic climate uh, proofing concept and principle which we which we adopted as government so the food concept is what we are continuing with in the coming season, and we assume that it's, gonna be, it's going to be, a, you know, a, 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 a year that is uh, almost droughty. And in our assumptions, we say that we assume every year is a drought year. So we adopt the, the conservation agriculture principles, and here within Zimbabwe, our 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 Fumvusa program will continue this year to try and uh, climate-proof our our maize
1: when, when looking at that, we've had seasons I think where there have been complaints that some farmers, uh, because there's the, there's the short uh, season maize and the long season maize in terms of planting, uh, has there been education around that? In, in as far as farmers are, are concerned, because sometimes farmers might think because the rains come might have good rains beginning in November or whatever the case, maybe they think we're going to have a long season. Uh, is there education around
0: that? And as far as how farmers can behave in such environments? yep so um, there they, they is education anywhere everywhere and from most sectors and uh, this is uh, when the the seed producers produce their seed that's what they should tell farmers that this variety that we've produced is suitable for uh, a longer season or a shorter season uh, etc that's what they would ordinarily do but from our point of view it's uh, it's really you know the the weather focus are there uh, for all to see and uh, come August we will have a comprehensive uh, the weather forecast from the MET department which will tell us what the season outlook will be so that will be very important for now farmers to decide what kind of variety are they going to, to grow but more importantly in terms of varietal selection and what, what, uh, what variety to grow is farmers knowing their agroecological region Because that has a huge bearing on what they can grow. And once they decide what they can grow, then they will be able to choose what variety, whether long season or short season, of that crop that they would have chosen to grow. So in short, I am saying that the choice of a crop is determined not by what the farmer wants to grow, but by what the uh, agroecological region dictates. 0731-168045, Oh, seven three one one six
1: eight zero four five. 168045 get in touch with me in the studio. That's the WhatsApp number. Still speaking a little bit on that. We've had the Grain Marketers Association of Zimbabwe here a couple of times. And they're talking about the fact that the consumption uh, habits of in this country keep pushing towards maize in spite of the fact that the capacity to produce maize is not as great as we'd like to be in certain seasons. Is there a policy that exists to try and get... Uh, 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 diets to go towards perhaps small grains and things of that nature. Oh
0: yes, so, so uh, it's it's true that uh, we we keep pushing maize production, but the truth and the reality of the matter is that uh, our our seasons are pushing us, and the climate change is pushing us more towards uh, non-production of of of, of maize. Uh, so most of our regions that used to grow maize easily you find that their capacity to produce and potential to produce maize is being squeezed and reduced Uh, hence uh, traditional grains are becoming more and more suitable for most of our our, our, our production regions, so you talk of region 4, region 5, region 3 and even parts of region 2 and 1, there is really now more suitable in certain areas of uh, production of small grains and traditional grains uh, as opposed to, to maize what what it means is that we we also need to appreciate and change our habits and our preferences in terms of uh, consumption uh, of foods towards traditional grains uh, in fact the traditional grains are more healthier than 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 the maize so Really, it's a matter of the population and the populace being educated in terms of the benefits, the health benefits of traditional grains, our sorghum, pearl millet, and rapoko And so when we're looking at that, I know it's all very well to
1: say like people should have to eat that, but from what we, uh, I guess what is being gathered is that the demand is not that high at the moment, so therefore the incentive for the farmer out there to adopt uh, you know, militant munga, and things of that nature is not quite there how do you balance the two trying to get people to eat uh, the food that you want them to eat uh, for security reasons food security reasons and secondly to incentivize the farmer to care to uh, in those farmers in those regions to um, to continue farming those products
0: yeah so what we what we what we've done is government is to make sure that uh, we really match the agroecological agro- regions to uh, what crop is suitable for that agroecological region. And uh, we are aware of the fact that uh, some farmers may not prefer uh, consumption of traditional grains. And what we have done for this season, which uh, cabinet has approved, we have said that farmers who have traditional grains can walk into a GMB depot and uh, swap for, for maize grain. And that is quite acceptable. So that grain swap program is really already underway and instituted so farmers can easily and freely grow traditional grains because we know that uh, farmers are worried about market and uh, uh, you know where they would dispose of the traditional grains but we are saying that every gmb depot is available for intake of traditional grains and then you can swap for what you prefer to 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 to, to eat uh, secondly we have also just on that so that uh, before i forget
1: this aspect uh, is it based on what value Is, it, is this being done Is, it,
0: is this on do, uh, uh, cost value Or is it based on weight value How does it work uh, it's, it's, it's basically on uh, on dollar value so, and we are saying that once you go into a GMB depot and you have a ton of uh, of maize of uh, of traditional grains, you get 1.2 tons of, uh, of 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 maize. So that's the ratio that we we, we have used. So you can pick up the grain uh, in that ratio from any GMB depot. So, what happens
1: if somebody says, okay, uh, I'm, uh, it's not necessary for my my consumption. Maybe they want to resell that to. You know, to, to, to maybe to millers or whatever the case might may be. Is that an option for them or is that only for, for their own cons- consumption?
0: We would uh, want farmers to uh, prioritize their consumption. And uh, we, all, f- we obviously have put in place measures so that we don't get that facility abused by, by those who might want to, to, to abuse it. Okay, clarity, uh, the the second part you were saying. Oh yes, so uh, we have also said uh, there are problems in uh, uh, production of the traditional grains, which is also one of the deterrents of uh, farmers getting into production of traditional grains, uh, particularly um, mechanisation and processing of these uh, traditional grains. You would have seen in the past few weeks, we have uh, uh, rolled out some uh, shellers, to help, help farmers process on-farm some of the traditional grains. Uh, we have also now upped the game towards control of quillia beds, which are normally... Problematic when farmers grow traditional grains. As you know, in most of the areas that uh, uh, grow sorghum and millets and so forth, quillia uh, beds become very problematic. And we have instituted a, a department, a whole department, to deal with these migratory beds, uh, uh, so that the yield of farmers is protected and is saved from uh, from from destruction by quillia beds.
1: And now. To the consumption aspect uh, is there anything that they've been done for to, to encourage people to uh, uh, consume these traditional
0: uh, grains uh, at the moment we are we are we are encouraging uh, consumption obviously it's beyond beyond what the ministry does because that becomes a health aspect uh, so it's it lies with the ministry of health and other uh, people who advocate for, for that but from the ministry point of view we believe that if we produce them they should get a taker so all stakeholders who are included in that value chain to promote consumption should then come on board and encourage uh, uh, the consumption of traditional grains
1: But I mean I would think there's an intermin- there would be an interministerial approach to this to be given the fact that as you say, saying the amount of land that is available for growing maize is being reduced, so as a policy, I would imagine the government would like to move towards uh, a space in which, like, you, you find in, in places like Nigeria and all those other countries, they don't consume as much, uh, they don't rely as much as maize as we do because they have, got, they have a reliance on, the, on, what you call it, on their traditional grains. So I think that, my, my question is, there a deliberate approach that is inter-ministerial with your ministry and, and other ministries, or an intent to do that?
0: Uh, yes, I think where we've started is the Food and Nutrition Council, which is already a, a, a body that was set up, and that uh, looks at various foods and various interventions that the government is doing to, to make sure that we have food and nutritional security. And the nutritional security is definitely uh, part of what traditional grains can, can provide. So that body is already there, and it's interministerial, uh, and uh, various players are involved there. So that's a starting point point that is already there now but I think we need to do more in terms of promoting consumption of these and uh, you know really advocating for for consumption of these so there is still room for really us improving uh, and to move away from uh, just consuming uh, maize to also prioritizing and consuming more of the traditional grains Oh, you've got me on one aspect. Um, Bambayla
1: is not my thing in Bambayla. <laughs> <laughs> bread is something from the past for me. So then the question then, speaking on the aspect of bread, what is the current status when it comes to wheat?
0: Oh, so for, for wheat, we we... We have, um, I think you know already that we've broken the record, uh, uh, the the largest ever hectare that uh, has, has been produced in the country. We, we produced that this year. So we are sitting on uh, slightly above 78,000 hectares. I think the nearest was in 2004 when we produced about 70,000 hectares. So already we are moving towards really making sure that we have uh, uh, enough wheat uh, just like my my, my, my uh, permanent secretary says, he says we need to be wheat and flour sufficient at all costs. So this year we really went all out to produce uh, wheat so that we can have, uh, you know, we can reduce the amount of wheat that we import for, for bread making. But uh, so once we had that wheat on the ground what we are doing now currently is to make sure that we we really get the most out of it in terms of agronomics so we are pushing that farmers irrigate farmers you know put the right amount of fertilizer and for most of uh, for all the wheat that we have produced on the government side on the private sector side and supported by banks the fertilizers for that is available and we are teaching farmers how and when to apply this and so far so good the wheat is looking fantastic out there Uh we are also you know wheat is also affected by quillia beds and in the same vein we have also you know we are going all out to make sure that every roosting size of the of the quillia bed is known and reported in fact we have a hotline where Anyone who has seen these beds can report, and our teams just go out there and assess. And I can assure you, if there is a, a, an avalanche of these beds, we are even prepared through Falcon Air and other 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 players to go into the air using elopeds to, to to just bust these beds. So we want to protect our wheat yield at all costs. This season, so that we have uh, bread uh, self sufficiency. Uh, do you, uh, Do you have that number? Oh yes, mine also is on that number. But I can give you the others. But mine I can give you already. It's, it's one of the hotlines. Okay,
1: so just just for, for 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 the person sitting at home wondering what the that hotline is,
0: uh, 772-528-178. And one more time, zero seven seven two five two eight one seven eight. We'll try and give it to you a, a little bit later, and
1: probably you know, or during the break, try and get the other numbers so that someone who might not know that this uh, hotline is available might be able to help. You might not even be a farmer, but you might know that a couple of birds are
0: going that way, so I want I want to assist. But sorry, I interrupted. You carry on. Definitely, and uh, also in terms of 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 sub substitutes for for bread. Uh, well, you talked about Mbambaira and uh, sweet potato, so so yes, our Horticultural uh, section is also busy on that. Uh, we have, I think, rolled out two point million vines of of of, of uh, sweet potato already, and we are continuing with that program so that people have access to good quality uh, planting material for 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 sweet uh, potato, and that is already people know that that is a very good substitute for bread and it's also healthy so just to be clear i don't
1: have to move away from my sweet potato just because you got now got a lot more maize i can still carry on my sweet potato
0: oh yes yes you can
1: Seven three one one six eight zero four five. so now i know you mentioned it in passing how important is it that we've got at this milestone the uh, the, the the the
0: record-breaking yes. wheat factory. Besides
1: the fact that we can say, look, the land resettlement is working, can you see people are farming and it's it's happening? What does it mean for the country,
0: the fact that it's happening? It's, it's one of the key things that we we really appreciate. How we came up with this milestone is because uh, the the, the government came up with a policy which says that for those processors who use uh, certain raw materials like wheat, they should be able to produce at least 40% of their consumption. And this year we have seen great, great participation of the private sector. And in fact, they produced uh, almost 30,000 of that of that 78,000 hectares, And that is no mean fit. And this is talking about private sector contribution alone uh, without what government put in, without what the public institutions like ADA put in. So we have seen... It means that private sector is really warming up to financing agriculture. And it has started with wheat, and we would want to see it being uh, proliferated to other sectors as well. Uh, your cotton, uh, soybean, where we are importing a lot of crude, um, crude oil. Uh, you know, to to produce cooking oil, but we can really have all these private sectors contribute to production of their raw materials. In, you know, if we if we if we take that route, it also means a lot even for the for the for the for the livestock sector. If all those who process uh, milk can contribute to 40 percent of their consumption in terms of raw materials, that would mean a great change in terms of value chain financing of our commodities
1: so hypothetically it should mean that if you're not importing it it might mean that for the citizen for the for the for 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 the for the person that is uh consuming the
0: product out there there might be more control over pricing oh yes so if we're able to produce it in fact the smartest way of 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 uh, uh exports is to to produce it locally so Really, if we don't eh, because once we, we import something, the price is really determined by where we took it from. So if we produce it locally, it means we are more in control of the prices of what we get. So in essence, if we produce it locally it should be it should uh, lead to to reduction in prices and that is a very very important fact. Oh uh, seven three one one
1: six eight zero four five. Uh, that's our, our WhatsApp number. We're going to take a quick break. When I come back, I want to see what's what's happening with. The next farming season. What are the targets? We're going to talk also about uh, the sector as a whole. How is are going to do? Talking about places uh, uh, in terms of land uh, possessions and so forth. We want to know what the policy is with the government at the moment. I'm in the studio at the moment having this uh, wonderful discussion with Professor Orbit Jiri, who is the Chief Director of Agricultural Advisory and Rural Development Services in the Ministry of Lands. You listen to ZFM Stereo, my station, your station, the hardest radio in town, the
2: hits. I go they be like, I'm to be yeah. pop,
0: pop and, oh, hey, oh, and speak
2: out you so,
1: The station is still ZFM Stereo, my station, your station, the hardest radio in town. It's uh, just before it's one minute past the hour of eight o'clock. I'm here with you until uh 8.30 p.m. My name is Ladi i coming in afterwards as Chilla with our story from 8.30 until nine. And then of course Kimball Rogers will be on a little bit later. So um now let's have let's talk about we've talked about what's happened. What's the plan for the uh, upcoming season, what
0: are we doing and what uh, are the targets? Um, so, in the coming season, in terms of our, our, our agriculture, uh, for, for the cropping side, we are looking at uh, we are targeting 2 million hectares of, of, of maize. And uh, uh, we, uh, our average yield that we are expecting for the coming season is 1.5. So, our, our ambitious target is to produce 3 million metric tons of, uh, of uh, maize. Uh, that is, you know, segregated in various sectors, and obviously the Fuvuzha uh, program is is key in there. Under the Fuvuzha program, we are targeting about 560,000 hectares that we are targeting under Fuvuzha, and this is um, spread across three million uh, households that we are targeting this season. With, uh, with each, each, each farmer, each household, the contributing certain um, uh, plots under Fumfuzza. And if obviously on those Fumfuzza plots that they have, there is a maize uh, uh, plot there, if they are in the correct agroecological region. So uh, we also have targets for the other crops. And for the other sectors as well. So, Fumbuza is one sector that is uh, contributing 560,000 hectares.
1: What does, does 560,000 hectares contribute to in, uh, um, mean
0: in tonnage? Oh, so that's 560,000 uh, uh, hectares times 1.5. So, okay. that's, uh, yeah.
1: So roughly about seven hundred. No one uh, times
0: one point five. One point five. So yes, that's roughly 700, about seven hundred thousand. Yes. Uh, then we also have uh, the private sector, who like they did for wheat, we they also have a target out of that two two million hectares. Uh, we also have uh, the NEAPS program, the National Enhanced Productivity uh, Program, uh, which is uh, run by currently CBZ AgroYield and AFC, so those are also, we also gave a target for, for NEAPS and then we also have uh, you know, other other programs that may come on board so we have segregated so that we better target uh, this production. So we engage all these NEAPs, we engage the the private sector, we bring them together, and we, we, we engage them so that already they are aware of what their targets are. More importantly, we also Go out and target each and every uh, uh, of the eight agricultural provinces, and already we have met with all the ministers of state and uh, uh, devolution in the various provinces and the the and the various. Uh, players in those provinces and they have really accepted the targeting that we had done and so now every province is aware of their targets for every crop including, including maize and uh, every uh, you know sector in terms of livestock so we have had that uh, concientization in terms of the production provinces in terms of the targets in terms of the sectors that are contributing to these to these targets so that is what we have done already uh, and we have also uh, we are rolling out what should be done in terms of uh inputs in terms of uh support to the farmers so you would see a lot of uh, uh training of farmers conscientizing them training them in terms of what they should do for maize production and for other production for vuvudza i think the training of trainers is it happened across all the provinces now and uh, now the farmers are being trained and after training by our agricultural extension officers they have to, to, to start uh, you know, implementing what they've been trained to, to do. So we track all that on a weekly basis. In fact, if it's out there, it's on a daily basis. They track in the wards because we have presence in every ward in Zimbabwe. So, Briefly, what has from
1: Woods are meant for the three million households? that you talking about how many households did, did we did we get before? And but the ones that are affected, how does how has it affected them? And how has
0: this been important for policy? Uh, so, in terms of uh, previously, I think well, last season we, we we got about what 2.7 million households that were under Fumvosa program, and we upped that to include the peri-urban uh, and urban households, uh, which brings the number now to three million households. When
1: we say urban, what kind of areas are we looking at?
0: So we know that people do their small plots in the in the in the in the urban areas. And we say, if you are going to do it and you are allowed by the, uh, the uh, council bylaws, then do it the Fufuza way. So we are targeting those, even in the in the urban area. And does this include places like Harare? Yes, this it, it includes. So uh, you would find that uh, in terms of production, Harare falls under uh, Mash East and uh, those that production is really tracked uh, under marsh east so we we we, we track the production that happens peri-urban and in urban areas as well. and how has this changed people's lives oh we we, we believe that it has changed uh, and one of the things that we are doing now is to assess the economic impact coming up with uh, with uh, with uh, indicators of what we can look at to say what is the impact of, uh, of Fumvodza. Uh, but what we have seen this past season is that for those uh, farmers who uh, adopted the Fumvodza production, those got the yield even if it was a drought. So in the few days that we have uh, we have attended uh, across the provinces, you would see farmers with Fumvodza uh, really getting good yields even though it was a drought uh, season and they would testify and this is what we need to ground truth now in terms of the scientific uh, approaches Uh, you know uh, uh, this squash cut is it uh, attributed to Fumvodza this uh, uh, you know uh, a beautiful uh, house that has been built how much of it is attributed to Fumboza. So we need to assess that and we are in the process of really coming up with indicators and assessing impact of Fumboza. And uh, is it sustainable going forward? Oh yes. So because it is a agroecological approach, it can never be more sustainable than that. So what we can only do is to improve maybe come up with uh with uh, with uh, uh, you know little mechanization to to reduce the drudgery uh, but in terms of sustainability definitely because you are conserving your moisture you are conserving your your carbon you are conserving your your soils you are really enriching your soils and in zimbabwe you would want to know that our soils are really in bad shape in fact we carried out a a a, a ph mapping last uh, in the last few months and we have a ph map for every ward in zimbabwe and our ph is on the lower side which means it's our soils are acidic and they are not good for production in fact that is one of the things that limit our production one of the key things to turn that up is to make sure that we adopt the the agroecological approaches which include from and also other other soil ameliorating measures including your liming which is what we are on a blitz now to do liming and 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 soil conditioning so we are doing that but definitely to answer your question Fuvuzha is a game changer, which is very sustainable in terms of agro production. Somebody,
1: oh uh, seven three one one six eight zero four five, like how does one
0: get onto Fumvuzha? Uh So, you know, I'm laughing because we we really need to for for people to to. To now know about fubuza already but you go to your nearest agricultural extension officer because we have an agriculture extension officer in every ward, and so you just go there and you enroll in fact we are on a on a on a on an exercise to register every farmer on our platform so once that is done, we have every farmer on that platform. So you approach your nearest agriculture extension officer and they will enroll you onto our platform. Then you already become a Fumbudza uh, farmer if you so wish. So now, going to, we see that the
1: agricultural sector uh, in the country is seeing a change in the demography of workers 57 percent uh, uh, of women 47 percent of men uh are between the ages of 20 and 31 uh, that are engaging in uh, agricultural activities such as growing fruits and rearing uh, livestock how is this transforming the sector uh,
0: so in fact there is no sector which uh, there's no country which can grow without 57% of its population. Or I think in terms of demographics, women contribute more than 52% and that is, you know, there's no country in the world which can grow without 52% of its population. In terms of the youth, I think that is even more. Uh, so there's no country again which can't grow, which which can grow without a large percentage of its young population uh, with it. So we have, uh, uh, you know, we know that for Fumvudza, for example, the majority of those of those farmers are women. And uh, we always uh, toy around with this, you know, program where we say Fumvudza for she. Uh, and we would want to target, you know, the, 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 the women farmers to really adopt and have programs that are targeted for she. But we also... Know that there are young people out there who, are, who have great interest in farming, and so you would know that the the president, sometime uh, last year, launched a, 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 a an integrated youth hub program where he targeted the 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 youth, and uh, which ended up now with a integrated youth hub in each province to make sure that the youth are capacitated. to to, to participate in the agricultural space, and we are busy uh, training these youths in farming as a business, in various aspects of production, because we believe that the youths are the future of agriculture. In terms of uh, uh, livestock, for example, and uh, and fisheries in in particular, we are are saying there is space for youths in, in, in the fisheries sector. And you would know that maybe for, 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 for us, if you are eating Matemba or Kapenda in, in, in Chipinge there, that Matemba has come from Kariba, and that's uh, almost 600 kilometers away. Even if it, it 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 must not be expensive, the transport alone would make it expensive, doesn't it? So uh, we we are saying let's be able to grow fish anywhere in the country, and there is a space for youths in all these dams that are being opened up. Mchekeranwa, you know, Tubimkosi, there is land in the water where. Young people can participate, organised in, in, in you know in an organised manner in cage culture for fish, and that can really be a game changer if we go do that. So we are rolling out programmes like that, targeted you know fish for she, you know the uh, for she. All those we are targeting, and because we know that you can't move the country without 52% or the young people or the women with it. So now, we know that there's a process of
1: repossessing land that is not being used, uh, especially from those who benefited from the land reform that happened about two years ago. Uh, What is the current status and
0: situation with that? So I, I, I'm not uh, uh, authorized to talk about repossession of land because I don't think that it's, uh, it's, it's uh, being repossessed. But what we are doing as the agricultural um, advisory and rural development services is to track production and productivity on the farms um, uh, to, to really make sure that we better target programs. So uh, in terms of those, we, uh, we have rolled out production and productivity, return forms to, to across you know, all the, the, the farming sectors. and we are saying we are just we are really tracking production. What is the farmer produced in the first three years? Uh, what is the production there? What is the productivity tracking each and every crop? And what are the challenges so that we are able to, to really see some person maybe we are not able to produce effectively because they actually lack like machinery. And so, and then we know this farmer is passionate about farming, but they lack machinery. So we then better target uh, our 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 mechanisation uh, uh, department to make sure that they 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 assist that particular farmer. So repossession, no, but uh, you know, uh, helping farmers to produce and to increase productivity,
1: yes. Uh, so uh, you wouldn't be able to comment if the, if so. I'm assuming you're saying that. You, you've had instances in which you've gone to farmers who, maybe, finding it difficult after you've tracked the production and being able
0: to help them. What happens if you can't help them? Uh, so normally, if, if someone is passionate about farming, we would be able to help them. We have not come across any instance where a farmer has said, "Hey, I don't, I, I cannot, I'm not able to farm," because everyone who got a farm, they really are passionate about it, and we are able to help them. So that exercise is still ongoing. So we may not have reached every farmer, uh, you know, uh, to 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 be able to help them targeted, uh, you know, helping of the farmers, as it were. So in this instance,
1: you've not had situations in which somebody has been has not been able to be helped. Uh, if they've needed help and therefore in this instance you've been able to get
0: people who were in instances where they were not producers to start producing. No, we have not come up with an instance like that uh, where we have... uh actually assisted in some cases, is where the farmer says, I don't have capacity. But uh, if you find someone with capacity, can you please help? So we've rolled out the, the joint venture program, where those JVs, uh, you know, have really, we've paired those with land, and, but with uh, the with, uh, challenges in production, versus those who are willing to invest and who don't have access to land. So we've paired them and, uh, I know, supervised, jvs for so that we can have productivity on on those uh, farms and those pieces of land so how do you, do you
1: create a system in which those with money do not take advantage of those with the land but no no resources because often in in zimbabwe money is seen as being a, a supreme
0: above the product so this is why we are a government because our legal department really supervises the, 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 the institution of the of the JV contracts. So we, we, we protect the investment, we protect the farmer and we, we, we do protect the investor as well. So there are no abuses there. You know cases you have talked about in a case where that the one with money or an investor takes advantage but there are also cases where the farmer might might want to say you know the, the investor is invested and then they say oh you know now i want to utilize my land when the investor is, is done much investment so the, supervising these jvs really makes sure that we protect the investor the farmer and the investment
1: can a farmer who believes they need assistance
0: voluntarily go to ada oh yes i think ada has uh is approached uh it is actually advertised to say uh, those people who want jv's can with ada can come through so that is a volunteer exercise they can willingly do so
1: and is this one of those where there are proposals for different types of JVs? If you don't agree with it, then you don't go along with it. Or is one of those where it says these are the JVs that are available? Take it or leave it.
0: No. So uh, Ada is a different institution. It's a it's a parastatal. So they they would uh, have their uh, you know uh, ways of JVs. Uh, but I know that usually they, 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 they are you know suitable for most cases. With the ministry at large where we are dealing with all the farmers and uh, you know various investors, there we also really suitable all we do is to set the table for the two parties to agree. And then once they have agreed with obviously uh, you know guidelines, we then say we then supervise and make sure that what is what they've agreed to do is, is agreed is, is done. And so, looking at this, would this be the way that sometimes the private sector
1: can get invest? You're talking about that 40% that you're talking about um, that if the, that they need to invest in their own uh, raw, raw materials. Is that an avenue the private sector can take advantage of getting into JVs with, with
0: uh, those with land uh, through ADA? Yes, the JVs are definitely the way to, uh, you know, one way to go. So, through ADA or through uh, the ministry, you Know, at large, uh, you know, without without other, because not all farms belong to ADA. So e- you can do the JVs with with individual farmers and indi- individual investors or ADA or whichever uh, you know anyone who has access to land that can be that is one way. But the other way that the, partic- the private sector also participates is in. Contract farming, so they just go there, out there, do contract farming proper with uh, the terms that they do, and that is definitely a way that can be that can be uh, appreciated.
1: Uh, just got I think we did mention a little bit earlier about the contact number for the yes. uh, the, the hotline. Uh, I think someone is someone has just asked for that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, just well, so while you g- get that, the question then that I ask is. How does if if I'm if I'm maybe not as high as big a company like you know one of the big production companies maybe I'm not even involved in uh, in the agricultural sector but I've got some money to invest are there opportunities that uh, for example the JVs or going to to the
0: ministry to invest in the agricultural sector? Yes, I'm sure there can be things that can be looked at. I mean, we always we have all these requests all the time, where where you know people have resources and they would want to 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 invest in one way or the other in the project sector. So so that is you know always we 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 do have information of what's where and who is looking for what. So. All those uh, that information is available, and we can always uh, offer assistance. And would this be the, through the ministry specifically? Yes. So we have a whole department of uh, you know strategic uh, planning and uh, policy and planning and business development, which looks at those things. I okay, guess so just uh, the numbers you're talking about. Yes, so the, the, I've given you my number zero seven seven two five two eight one seven eight. The specific number of the the director responsible, uh, which which is the water line, is zero seven seven two eight six eight eight zero four. So just give me both of those again. Zero seven seven two eight six eight eight zero four and zero seven seven two. Uh, uh five two eight one seven eight.
1: Okay, so I, got you. I hope you got those numbers correctly. Uh, now, uh, the last thing I want to look at is look at the horticultural sectors. Zimbabwe's horticultural sector in 2021 ended up, as I said, earlier on, on 64.6 million, up, up, uh, up 6.8%. Now, how strategic strategic is this sector and what are you doing to make sure the numbers keep going
0: up? So this is very, very uh, uh, critical because it is one, uh, a foreign currency and a big one for that matter. And so uh, you you alluded to those figures which were driven mainly by, you know, uh, your macadamia nuts and, uh, you know, some uh, avocados and so forth. But we also now have other things coming up and peas in in that, you know, playing a big role in that figure as well. But now we have other crops that have come up. And particularly you have your blueberries, which I think in Zimbabwe we have quite a big trade in the whole of Southern Africa, which we have in in, in Zimbabwe. And uh, the advantage with us for the blueberry sector is that we hit the market weeks earlier and then we leave the market two weeks later than you know Peru which is the the, the biggest producer of blueberries and that's a game changer for for our farming sector we also have uh, macadamia nuts if you go to uh, Manica now you would find uh, there is huge uh, potential there, pecan nuts a real game changer, Uh, avocados a real game changer as well so our horticultural sector is, is growing but on the smaller scale uh, you know the, the the small scale and uh, communal farming sector. We know that the horticulture sector is important in terms of nutrition, and that cannot be uh, under 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 understated. Uh, what we have done now with the presidential rural development program is that the uh, president is drilling boreholes across all the thirty five thousand villages in Zimbabwe. So there will be a borehole in each village. And to date, bore drilling rigs have come in, and we have, uh, uh, I think, the last count of the bores that have been drilled out there to date about 147 across uh, across the country. And what we are doing across those, at each of those uh, uh, boreholes, is to make sure that there is a nutrition garden, which we we, we set up for the community. So each borehole we have a nutrition garden with various uh, vegetable crops in there, and that is very very important for 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 nutrition at the at the community level, and obviously access uh, can be can be can be sold. In Mangwe, for example, where this program was uh, was launched, the farmers are already really getting dividends from there growing vegetables and selling those vegetables to, to the community and to the to the shopping centers so it's really important for food security and uh, nutritional security as well as incomes at, 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 at uh, uh, household level.
1: And when we're looking at these uh, incomes how much of this is going towards small hold-
0: smallholders? Uh, so, so what we what um, in in Mangwe, for example, it's, a, it's a, actually a smallholder uh, area which has this nutrition uh, garden, and these uh, incomes are really going to the pockets of. Uh, in Mangwe, there's about 150 households that are involved at that scheme. So these are incomes that are really going into the into the pockets of the smallholder households. So, so,
1: sorry, again, these are going to the pockets. Of the small, this is in Mangwe. How, how, how is this being replicated elsewhere?
0: Yes, yeah, so now uh, what we are doing is at all the sites where the boreholes are being drilled, there will be and there is a vegetable garden that will be producing vegetables commercially. Not only vegetables, but a fish pond will be there as well and also catering for, for, for livestock in terms of water. So those incomes from those communities that village will go to the pockets of of the of the villagers uh
1: professor obj from the, the the chief director of uh, chief director agricultural advisory and rural Deve- development my tongue uh, services in the Ministry of Lands thank you so much for coming in and uh, helping us uh, understand a lot of the issues around uh, uh, the current state of the Zimbabwe agricultural sector uh, I didn't want to be the one who talked about the fact that we got a record breaking season I needed you to boast about it because you were the one doing the work, thank you very much for coming in oh,
0: Thank you so much Larry Chilla, you coming in
1: just now and uh, Chilla, with our story just coming in just now uh, What? Najedas Huh?
2: Yeah, that what's is, up today? <laughs> <laughs> uh some rituals and ceremonies or things that needs to be done kana achinga firwa achinga firwa Uh so that whoever whichever partner remains behind the Anu kwanza guzo ramba chende rani upenyo waki. E, pasina ma issues anu kwanze roa. If certain things are not done, you know, like for example, maybe <clears throat> if there are some spiritual bonds, e, kune wangu yukututika nadzimungua because they ku na kwa you know, how close they were, how much they were in love. Sometimes muachinkushaya, you know, after a few months, you wotona know, muachinkushaya. I don't know. so there are certain things that we do in our culture and tradition and that are um, done so that's what we are talking about tonight
1: that's coming up in our story That's coming up straight after me that's Chila. uh take care of yourself of the people that you love uh uh yeah. and we should be eating now no,
2: so sometimes when you look into these things you can actually see i know but you know some of the things that we think are are poverty are not poverty poverty is man-made and it's you know,
1: mm-hmm. We make choices. out <laughs> story. My name is Ladi I'll back with you next week on the platform. Otherwise, take care of yourself and the people that you love. Stay tuned to ZFM's stereo, my station, your station, the hardest radio in town. As I say, from where I come from, I see Take care of yourself. <laughs> Thank you.